how to run real check-ins, why this coach uses visuals to get clients to buy in even more, forecasting your coaching future, marketing your coaching practice, and what transition from a nine to five corporate job to full-time coach actually looks like. Plus, we get into travel, being an entrepreneurial household, and much, much more. Everyone, please help me welcome to Run the Block, none other than Coach Jenny, the nutritionist. Enjoy. Jenny, thank you so much for joining me today on Run the Block. How the heck are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course. I am super pumped to dive in today because off air, you said you love to talk about a little bit of the business side of things. And so that'll be a fun conversation getting business and, and marketing. But also, as I just mentioned before I hit record, I've been diving in to your social media and I love it. I love thank how, you. yeah, I, I love your branding. I love your link tree. And, and maybe I've just, you know, went through and had to help coaches fix a lot of things that I'm not probably as used to seeing like someone who's like just crushing it. But even your link tree was just so to the point you had four options. I was clicking through and like trying to pretend like I was a client and your landing pages was great. Has that been something that's like evolved over time or is that side of things just come naturally to you as in like the marketing and building pages or trying to make processes for your clients? Yeah, that's definitely happened over time. I don't have, before I started my coaching business, I was in corporate finance, right? So I was very much in numbers and, you know, my whole business now is run on Excel spreadsheets because that's what I was all about. So I didn't have a marketing or a branding background per se, but I learned that if you want to have a successful business, you kind of have to lean into that, right? And you kind of have to figure that out. So it's definitely something that's been evolving along the way and you learn things especially I would say coloring right in the aesthetics part of it is one thing but I don't think that's as important as being really simple and really clear for your ideal client I love that I say all the time and this isn't my words this was somebody I took their their quote-unquote master class if, if you want to call it but uh what stuck with me out of the whole thing was it's uh good aesthetics is not good design, right? Good design is getting people to take the action you want them to take and to move them through your processes, whether that's to absorb information or schedule a call, whatever that may be. That's what good design is. So that makes so much sense. Yeah, 100%. Do you do you like posting on, on social media? Because that, that's obviously what I'm referencing here. But like, do you enjoy that part of, of marketing? You said you've learned that over time. But is that something you view as fun or just like something that you have to do? No, I definitely like it. And I think it's why there's so many ways you can market your business, right? And I didn't really realize this until I'm in so many, you know, different business mentorship groups and things like that, that you realize, oh, people have million dollar businesses that don't have Instagram or don't have social media, right? You can do it organically. You can do it through, you know, networking. You can do it through meeting people in person. Like there's so many different ways that I didn't even realize, but because I loved social media, before I had my business, that was a natural like avenue that I took. And so, yes, 100% there's times where I'm like, oh, it's on the to-do list, right? That I need to like post or I haven't posted in a while, things like that. That definitely, you know, still happens. But I love social media before. And so I like connecting with human beings and us with us traveling. It's the easiest way I can do that. So I was thinking about this because 
I was thinking like, okay, I should probably just take a, a break eventually, but I think I've posted every day on stories for the past like couple of years. <laughs> like it's been a lot <laughs> and I didn't realize it, but because it's just part of my like daily routine now, but yeah, it's something I definitely like doing, but I don't want to say that it's like perfect all the time and, you know, act like it's, it's also not a job, right. And part of my work. Do you feel weird if you don't post the stories? I know you said you do it all, all the time, all day, every day. Um, but like, do you feel weird if you're like, oh no, I haven't updated my story? Yeah, I definitely feel weird. And not from a sense of like, oh my gosh, like I'm not, you know, I'm not marketing, not from a sense of like pressure, but kind of like I said before, it's always been part of my day. So it feels like not brushing your teeth or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's just like kind of habitual now, right? You just, you know, like, oh man, I don't think I've uh, put anything on my story. How will people know? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> How but, are they going to know what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I've, um, do you mainly use Instagram as, as an acquisition channel uh, or just posting about your day? Do you use other platforms as well? Yeah. So Instagram definitely. And I also am active on Facebook, not as much, but active there. And then I have a podcast and then just from different groups I'm in from just meeting people. I do think it's pretty normal that even if you meet somebody or if you hear about somebody, you're going to go to their Instagram, right. And go check out and see what they're all about, what they have to offer, what their approach is. And so even if I meet people outside of Instagram, I do think they use that almost as like a sales page, right. To just get a feel for me and my business and how I can help them. I agree. And I've tried to figure this out because the corporate version of that, and, and maybe, maybe you agree, maybe you don't with your background and, you know, finance, but I feel like the corporate version of your business card is LinkedIn. Right. And then the non-corporate version is Instagram, but Instagram, like the company doesn't view it as that. And I'm just like, man, you guys are messing up Instagram. <laughs> completely with all the different things you're trying to add and be like TikTok. But when, when you were in, you know, your background in finance, did you guys use LinkedIn versus Instagram or did you still always use Instagram? I was in a mega like 5,000 employee company. So I was not like, I don't even know what they use for marketing. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I was like deep into the weeds of data analysis and financial presentations and powerpoints yeah, yeah. and all of that <laughs> all, all the fun stuff that every coach on here is like oh i can't wait to talk about that but honestly i use so much of that in my business today that i'm really like yes of course i wish i started sooner but i'm really grateful for that experience because it was taking like complicated data and numbers and putting it into like studying like the strategies of it and putting it into a way that non-numbers people can understand, which is exactly what I do with like macros, right? And all the different like aspects of nutrition, like simplifying it and then presenting it in a way that they understand. So it's definitely something that I still use and has really helped me. That, yeah, that that is, I guess that's interesting when, when you do that correlation. Well, like along those lines then, what got you into coaching was, were, were you always just, you know, someone who loved to go to the gym and then just made that, you know, transition. I definitely don't call it a simple transition, but then just decide like, Hey, I'd like to try and help some other people. 
Um, or what, what did that kind of look like as far as the decision to go from, I like doing this thing to actually, I should coach somebody else. Yeah. Good question. So I was definitely always into fitness and I would say nutrition came later, but definitely always into fitness, but I was that person that worked out all the time. Like I would go, you know, a run before work. And then after work, I'd go to CrossFit. And then if I could just squeeze in a lunchtime workout to hit like my biceps, then like, that's what was going to be the thing to take (laughs) my shape to the next level. Clearly I just did like, I had a lot of energy and I just like was just going after it, but I was just working harder and not smarter. And I was doing CrossFit and this is when I lived in San Diego. So I was working in corporate finance, like working all day, like working out in addition to this. And then remembering like, why can't, like, why doesn't my shape look like how hard I'm working out? Like, what am I missing? And this is going to, this is kind of the long story. So I'll try to make it short, but my CrossFit coach did a bodybuilding show. And I remember seeing his process and seeing all of the like details that he was implementing and his shape changing and being like, okay, that's what I need to do to learn how to get my shape to the next level. Like, I don't know what it is, but I know they know how it gets done. And so then I signed up for my first bikini show. And that's when I learned that nutrition is, you know, 70 plus percent of it. But not only that, but it's a strategy, right? Where I was like, I would attempt to like, okay, I'm going to do macros. I'm going to cut calories. I'm going to eat clean. And then come the weekend, I would be like, is this working? Is this not working? Like, how much can I like balance in? Can I go to, you know, happy hour with friends? Can I not? Can I get out? I don't know. And so once I learned that there was a strategy, I got like the best shape of my life. I did the bikini show. I did really well. And then I did another one, right? I I knew I was like, oh, this is what I was missing. And I thought, I'm not going to, like, this isn't the world I'm going to be in, like the bikini show world. And so I applied it to my life where it was kind of like, oh, like I, nutrition and health and working out, all that was a high priority to me, but it wasn't everything, right? Where that's where I wasn't in the bikini world. And I remember thinking like, this is what I was searching for for so long, but there wasn't a program or there wasn't like a coach specifically for those people. And so I had to go and do the bikini show to learn it. Like I know there's millions of ladies just like I was who need this information. And so that was kind of like the overarching drive. And then I remember being at my cubicle in corporate finance, working really long hours where I I honestly liked it. Like I liked what I was doing. I was progressing, like everything was good, but I was thinking like, I don't have time to do other things in my life. And I know I'm capped here and I know I'm capable of creating what I see online where other coaches are, you know, being the CEO of their business in their life. Like I want that. So it was kind of a combination of those two that then I just started I was already sharing on social media about my journey and my like process. And so then I just started like making offers, right. Of putting out there that I'm coaching. And I remember getting my first client and telling Aaron, who I know you interviewed and my partner still today, we're telling him like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going all in. And then I hired a coach. And then a year and a half later, I was able to leave my, you know, really successful high paying corporate job 
to dive into my um, coaching business full time. So that was a really long story to your short question, but I feel like the context, you know, matters. I know so many other people can relate to that. Context always matters. And so, so you're, you're good there. Uh, I think it was on a post. You said that you did CrossFit for six plus years and then Mm. decided that like, that you didn't have the shape that you wanted. Is that, is that where that was going? Like you just literally day in day. I, I don't know if I know anyone besides like legit athletes that did CrossFit for six plus years. Yeah. I loved it. Cause I, I was a competitive cheerleader my whole life. So, and I had a ton of energy, right? So take going after college, right. I, Cause I cheered in college. I was like, what do I do with myself? And I like tried running. Right. And then I found CrossFit that has a little bit of that, like gymnastics mm-hmm. um, side of it, but I had never lifted before. Right. So I immediately is one of those that just got hooked and I loved it. And then moved to San Diego and it's a whole community, right? Like you meet so many people there and I would do like local competitions, but I'm really petite and I wasn't like a superstar. So it came to a point where I was like, I wanted to like look better. Right. And I didn't look bad by any means, but I was like, all right, I want to look better. And so that, then I would try to do all these things that I like told you about. And so I, it was like the frustrating point of like, wait a minute, like, how can I look better, you know, use all of this work that I'm doing to have it like represent my shape. And I knew what I was doing over the past like couple of years, wasn't doing it. I knew at that point, like I had gone through the like, okay, I'm just going to like put on weight and get really strong. And then, (laughs) so I did that route. Right. And then I was like, all right, I'm ready for something different or, and, or I like need a new goal, but I got to find the solution. And so that's when I saw what like there was opportunities to do bikini shows and that's why I I didn't make the switch but I signed up for it and then I kind of did both CrossFit and bodybuilding at the same time yeah you you can't take the athlete out of you right (laughs) the the competitive side (laughs) yeah yeah definitely we need to only do four different exercises today (laughs) and it's only going to be your shoulders so (laughs) yes feel back yeah and I have a a lot of ladies who go from doing CrossFit to doing more bodybuilding like style workouts and them thinking like oh this is so boring am I really getting a workout here and I remember that exact same thing too I don't know your background if you've experienced something like that though absolutely um I I was involved with CrossFit and teaching from like 2012 ish to like 2015 ish okay so yeah loved it we're in it yeah loved it uh my body just did not love it a lot of that uh external torque, right. With all that load on the bar constantly, I loved Olympic lifting. Like that was my thing more than anything else. And, um, my body just broke down after a while. Also, you know, I was doing, uh, more of a keto style diet. I was on the wrong side of all that information. Yeah. (laughs) Keto paleo (laughs) lifting all day, every day turns out really wrecks your body. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're one of those, like, go harder, go home people, then yeah, yeah. definitely can see that. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part of uh, what you were sharing was Groupon. You mentioned Groupon, like that's how you found CrossFit. And I was like, oh, that takes me back. Groupon. <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember walking into a gym and they're like, oh, it's like $250 a month. And I had never tried it before. I didn't really like know much about it. And I was like, oh, 
okay, and this is in Kentucky, like I just graduated. And then I saw a Groupon and for, I don't know, I think it was like 50 bucks for the first month. And I was like, let me go try this. And then that was it. So you mentioned, you know, having this transformation, I believe your, your program is called create your shape. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Um, so you mentioned, you know, going from CrossFit to then understanding some bodybuilding principles and then trying to actually make your physique look better and that you realized probably a lot of other women needed that. And that, was that because you thought the, the, the niche or the area you could help was like, Hey, you don't have to go and be on stage present, but you can create your shape in a unique way if you do these types of things. Or, or was there something else kind of like moving you towards that direction? Yeah, I think I think of it as like a, I don't know if you get for you guys listening, you can't see me. So I'm going to try to explain it. Like think of it as a long trend line, right? Where like the best of the best, right, are going to be bodybuilding competitors, right? So then if you keep going, like reversing back from that, then you go down some and then you're like, okay, like you look like you could be a competitor, but you're not as that intense. So maybe it's not as like that extreme, right? And then if you keep going down, you're going to get like less and less um, effort and intensity, but obviously your shape is going to be less intense, right, as well. And so kind of taking, I knew there was a like a group of people who didn't want to be on the stage, but who wanted to know what they did, right, because they knew that it was going to help their shape, like improve their shape, be able to build muscle, like decrease body fat and still look really good and maybe look like an athlete or look like they worked out, but not necessarily that like, oh, I'm getting ready to compete, you know, next month or next week level. Is is that an easy conversation to have? Like when you actually, granted your marketing is very good, right? But when you have somebody come on that call, is that very, uh, very easy to walk them through that process? Do you have any like pushback when you're, you're speaking to creating your shape and you're saying like, hey, you may not want to be a bodybuilder, but we're going to institute some of these principles to get you to, you know, X number of compliance. And when you say pushback, like, what are you thinking that the pushback might be? Just so I can understand the question a little better. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So uh, essentially, when you you break down your conversation with, with your client or prospect, I should say, they jump on the phone with you and you're talking about creating your shape. Do you speak more to the like principles of creating your shape or like, when they get into the thought of, well, I don't want to be a bodybuilder. And you mentioned earlier, like, you know, some of your clients, you know, going through like boring workouts, right? Is there a lot of pushback with that? Trying to institute some of those principles that would be, you know, usually reserved for bodybuilders that now you're trying to take to uh, the average woman and, and make her feel empowered. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So throughout the program, I would say the biggest like concerns I get from them are going to be eating more and eating enough carbs specifically, right? Because they've been trained their whole life to eat less carbs of the devil. And so that is really combated with education, right? So I'm, I spend a lot of time teaching in my program because I, like my ladies are smart. Like they want to know the why. And once they know the why and trust the process and then implement it and then experience the change of, oh, I have so much more energy now. Oh, wow. I'm actually able to build muscle. Oh, wow. I'm not putting on body fat when I'm eating more carbs. Then they actually experience it and then they're fully on board. But I would say 
yeah, there is some hesitation there. And then I would say the other thing that some people at first may be hesitant about is the training component. And so all my ladies are already lifting in some capacity and that may not change exactly what they're doing, but once we go over, like there is a section in my program about optimizing your training and just breaking down how it works and being more efficient with your training. And so there are a couple of ladies, I would say each round where they realize the level that they're at, meaning that they've already done CrossFit for years and they know they want to fine tune their shape more. They're going to get more bang for their buck if they're training less, but being more precise with more of like a bodybuilding style training. And I actually just interviewed someone on my podcast. That was her story. And I didn't even say she had to do it, but on our first and second call, I first call, I talked about this strategy, right? In the second call, we talked about training optimization, just so that's like, uh, that you understand it right off the bat. And right after that call, she got it and was like, oh, I understand what I need to do and switched her training where before she was doing two and a half hours per day of CrossFit intense style, and then switched it to about an hour, an hour and a half, four days a week of bodybuilding, right? Because she got the knowledge and was like, oh, I understand now exactly what I need to do. And that happened without us even having a debate or like a me telling her or or really an in-depth conversation about it. Or the uh, six months later and you're like, it's, these aren't adding up. You're saying you're doing this and then you're right behind the scenes. They're just still continuing to do whatever they want to do and not telling you as the coach. And then they have yeah, to have it doesn't always happen moment. that smoothly. <laughs> I would say the other thing that I see happen a lot, which we kind of talked about is they're like, I'm not getting a good workout. Right. And I, it's really like coaching them on from going from exhausting their lungs to exhausting their muscles and like giving detailed examples of what that's going to feel like and what that's going to look like. And then the science behind it and then why we're doing that. And then like reminding them of that so they can stick through it long enough. So then they experience the changes. That's such a good, uh, a good reference, exhausting the lungs to exhausting the muscle. Cause yeah. I, it always sticks out in my mind. Like when you've not done a, you know, workout of the day, a wad or something like that, or you've not pushed yourself to your aerobic capacity. And then the first time you do, you get that like nickel taste in your mouth, right? Where you're like, I'm 10 seconds away from either coughing up blood or just passing out. I'm not sure which is coming. Yeah. So then just like focusing on like muscle intense, um, you know, range of motion and, and actually going through what it is to strengthen a muscle at different, different lengths. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm definitely not anti-CrossFit. Like I loved CrossFit and I think you can definitely build muscle on CrossFit. And for those who are doing CrossFit and haven't optimized your nutrition, if you just optimize your nutrition, you're going to get tons more benefit out of your shape and performance when you're doing CrossFit. So that's why I say, I still have a lot of ladies who are doing CrossFit who don't change their program. It kind of just depends the level where they're at. Absolutely. Um, so we talked a lot about just now CrossFit, which I didn't intend for, but uh, I, I love reminiscing back to jorts and, you know, cargo shorts. <laughs> <and work. laughs> um, I do want to transition a little bit into like the business side of things. Yeah. Luckily, you said you love talking about business and systems and you love spreadsheets. So I do. this will be great. Uh, first question is always the most asked, no matter where I've gone, no matter what companies I've helped and what coaches, they always want to know like onboarding processes and check-ins. So number one, um, how do you currently view and do check-ins? Cause there's always this big debate between, do I do a loom? Do I do phone calls? Do I do emails? Do I use some sort of hybrid approach? 
or do I do something else completely? How do you like communicate with your clients and what have you found best um, throughout your, your coaching years? Yeah. So I would say the number one thing to think about is it's not about the delivery, right? So the platform or the way that it's being done, but it's about the result that it's creating, right? So for example, we could do this podcast. We could do it on audio. We could do it on YouTube. We could chop it up and put it on Instagram, right? It could be split up a thousand different ways, but it's the end result that you want to get them. And I think this is really important when you go into growing your business and scaling of keeping the value and the result there, but doing it in a more efficient, effective way. So that's the first thing that I'm always thinking about, that it's not about like the fanciest thing. It's about getting them the value to get them the result. And that can be done in an hour or it can be done in two minutes. You just have to like take your brain there of being like, what is the true the true purpose of this and focusing on that. So that that's, I would say is like the number one thing that I'm thinking about because the delivery has changed for me over the years. And so right now, in terms of my check-ins right now, they have a weekly check-in where they have a link to a Google form survey that they fill out. And it is, I think it's around 10 questions. It's collecting like key metric data points, but it's also collecting biofeedback. They upload photos and then that gets submitted there. And then that gets linked to their, they each in, have individual dashboards. And so that check-in gets linked to their dashboard that then shows the trends right over time. So we can see the weights that they're using in the gym, right? And how that's changing their sleep, their weight, their adherence, their hunger levels, right? And then it's color-coded and all that. So that way you can just easily glance on it and see the different trends and then their photos are there right side by side so you can see the comparisons but then you can scroll through and see you know each week over week and so that's how I do it but I think the approach is more important oh and then that going off of that is okay reviewing those so I review each of those and then I have a group program. So there is one-on-one components, but there's also group components. And because I serve, I get very niche down, I serve a similar person where we're all in a group together. And I may have one-off things that is just pertain to them that I may like need to update or change that week. But a lot of the questions, a lot of where they're struggling as I'm reading through the check-ins, it's going to be beneficial for everyone to hear or three people have the same issues, then I'm going to coach on it on the call. And on that call, everyone is on that call. So they hear other people get coached. And so they're getting more value and more information that way. I'm answering the question, but then there also is one-on-one components. And so if I need to update something, you know, just for them, or that doesn't make sense to coach about on that call, then that will be a separate note for them. With the different components, is that two different packages you have then with one-to-one or group, or is that all the same thing? Like, no, it's 300 a month and they get all those different aspects. Yeah. So I think I have a different program than that's I've seen anywhere else in the like fitness nutrition industry. And so it is a four month program that is, um, 
one-on-one and group. So it's not separate, right? So it is the one-on-one components is you're going to have your own custom macro strategy. You're going to have your own dashboard. And so that detail is specific to you, but it's a group component where it's like, we're starting together on this date. We're going to have the weekly calls on, you know, this time and date where everyone's going to be on. There's going to be that kind of community group aspect to it as well. And then um, your check-ins, right, are on this date because then we have the review and calls on this date. Um, I'm going to do, so it's very much like we're going through it together as a group, Mm. but your specifics are custom to you. So kind of running like with a launch model type thing, then they start, start on date, end date together. Do people, is it um, like an evolving launch model? Meaning like if they have great success in four months and they want to do it again, you just launch another cohort or is there something else like for almost like an ascension model after that? Yeah. So I launch create your shape four to five times a year. And so typically I would say I have a lot of people who are, they're either like, oh, I got everything I need. I feel great to go off now that I've like learned the tools. Cause a lot of the group component is the teaching and the learning, right? Um, I feel good going off my on my own or other people. A lot of my ladies are like, oh my gosh, I've unlocked the secret. Now this is just the beginning. I can create compounding results. Now I want to focus yeah. on this or the learning aspect, right? They're like, I kind of got nutrient timing this time, but like, I really want to focus on that next time. Or like, I've got my like weekly routine down, but now I really want to focus on being able to just be who I am when I'm traveling. And that's what I want to focus on next time. Right. So I have a lot of ladies who will just do round after round. Is, is that because it is so individualized with, with your cohorts, like something that you thought going into this, like they'll just be able to keep going and going, or was it you just kind of thought creating this program, like, no, they'll probably come in for four months and then, and then just be fine. So initially that was my thought, but then I had people asking me like, can I do another round? Is that okay? Like, and then when they started doing another round, I saw that they were getting even better results because it's just like taking like a college course. Right. And I compare my program a lot to a college course. Like it's the information that we should have learned in like high school, in college, but we're actually implementing and getting the results at the same time. But imagine taking the college course the second time through, right. You're like, Oh my gosh, it's so much easier. Oh, I'm taking this deeper. Oh, I aced that. Oh, like, it's just going to feel easier. You're going to learn more and you're going to embed it more into like who you are and how you operate. Cause that's really one of the main goals of create your shape is like, this isn't just something I'm doing for a little bit. And then going back to what I'm doing before, like I'm changing how I think I'm changing my knowledge, how I operate like in my day to day with nutrition, that is going to set me up for the long term, Right. And so a lot of these people, a lot of my ladies, like they've got 15, 20, you know, plus years of not understanding nutrition or having a certain view of nutrition that's being completely like rewired. And so that takes time to adjust and change. Right. And so they may get a lot of it the first round, but then I see them like ace it. And I had someone do four rounds and she's completely changed her entire life when it comes to nutrition. And she I was just emailing with her because that she finished her fourth round last year. And she was like, yeah, I go on like vacation now. I've just went on a trip. Like I still use create your plate. Like, like her entire like mindset and ability to still improve her shape 
has completely changed. And so I forget what the original question is. I told you I can just go on and on. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I have things set up and how they progress through. That that's really cool. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard of that type of of approach before, where it's it's that like launch model, but it sounds like just because you know exactly how to do the check ins, the process, and the systems are all laid out, that they can just keep doing multiple rounds, and even though some of the things may be the the same, they're still applying it in different ways because of they're retaining more and more and more. That yeah, that that's very unique. I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's definitely different than anything I've seen in the fitness world. And I've kind of combined because I've very much been in the life coach world as far as my business mentors have gone. They've all been coaches for life coaches. And so I've kind of combined what I've seen working there and what I think is needed for my clients and combined them together to kind of just create what I think is needed versus like, oh, you've got to do it in this certain way. Do you, are, are you stressed out by the launch model? Because like business coaching 101, they want everyone to be on MRR, right? You need to get people, you need to sell them in and then monthly recurring revenue, right? Get them to commit to a year and then it's $300 a month. And then that way, you know, you have X number, right? And going down that path, like they try to pull people out of like that launch model. Do you, do you get stressed at all about, you know, having these cohorts? I know you said you, you launch multiple times a year, but does that ever stress you out about like, oh my gosh, I need to fill 20 spots and I have, you know, three spots filled and I've got, you know, three weeks until it, till it kicks off. Yeah. So I think going back to, it's all the same, like sales is all the same. It's just the delivery method can just be different, but it doesn't matter. Even if you're doing like monthly, monthly signups, right? you could stress about that. Or if you're doing a launch, you could stress about that. And because I have my finance background, the having money come in in one month versus every single month, like that, that doesn't feel different at all to me. It's like, oh yeah, you just take it divided by four to get it the monthly, right? So that, that doesn't stress me out, but I know a lot of people who don't like that and that it does stress them out from the financial, financial component. But Again, you could stress about the launch or you could stress about, oh, I'm not doing the launch. So now I need to sell daily. And now I'm stressing about the month to get a certain number of clients in. Right. So I think it's all the same. You just have to like choose which one and then like go hard on, on that one. But I will say at the beginning, I was very stressed out with the launches, right? That like stress in your head buzzing feeling. Um, and, but now I don't and feel like very calm about it when things are working well or when things aren't working well. But I think it's just because I've done it so many times that I know that things will always work out in the end. I wish more people, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> lose my voice. I wish, more, I wish more people um, just knew that little hack of even if you get a paid in full and you're like, oh my gosh, I made $5,000 this month. It's like, yeah, sort of. But if that $5,000 is for your coaching over 12 months, then like, no, you, you didn't make $5,000 a month. You need to divide it over X period of time versus just thinking like every month I got to get one paid in full to, to hit that, right? Because that's very easy terminology for people to understand. Hey, if you just sell one high ticket package per month, you can hit this type of run rate. It's like, well, you still have to deliver on that. And then if they cancel in three months because your delivery sucks, then 
then what are you going to do? You just, you already spent the 5,000. So what are you going to do? Take out a loan to pay the person back? Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess it's because my financial background, or I've just always thought that way, but even having, like, it doesn't need to be fancy, but having a financial model and an Excel sheet where like, you just have the months going across the top and you have revenue and then like forecasted revenue total for the year and then expenses by month. Like it, it just creates a total picture of what's going on in your business versus thinking, oh, I've got X amount in the bank right now. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not how it works. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should probably just create that and make that <laughs> available to coaches. Cause I don't know anyone that has, it, has like that type of thought going into that, right? Like there, which leads me into what I wanted to ask anyways, going to, what was kind of like a mistake that you made or comes top of mind throughout your, your, your coaching process, because with your background, it's very unique. Most coaches I would have to imagine coming into this are just like, I need clients. I need 10 to 20 clients at this amount. Right. I just need to get up to here. And they're not thinking financial forecasts. They're just like, I'm trying to make this transition, trying to make sure I can pay these bills. And so like that being able to forecast or put an Excel sheet just adds all this stress, right. Versus just trying to think about helping their clients, with you, it sounds like that probably wasn't wasn't the deal. You were switching industries. You were trying to make sure you were set up correctly. So, was was that super stressful? That switch over in into coaching to kind of start building this out, or did you just go through the same process as everybody else, trying to do the money math and and get, being super stressed out by that? Yeah. So I I did the money math, but I think the difference is I forecasted different scenarios. So I still have the spreadsheet and I remember exactly where I was sitting when I was showing Aaron, when I was still working my corporate job, right? So I was working my business 5 a.m. till before I went to my corporate job, then my corporate job, get a workout in, come home and then work my business, right? And I remember having, I had the spreadsheet where I had best case scenario, like, probably most realistic scenario and worst case scenario. So I just forecasted out those three scenarios based on where I was now, right? And in where what I was going to be like launching and my current clients and all of that, because I got to a point where I was ready to go all in, but I wanted to make sure that I was, I, I never like to like operate from like scarcity or being like, Oh, I don't know. Like I, I just feel more comfortable with abundance. So I would rather work my two jobs and feel super abundant than, um, than not. And so I had that mapped out and that's when I was like, yeah, I could, I could do this. I've got, you know, six months, um, in my worst case scenario, right. That if, if it, everything burns to the ground, I still have six months, right. To, to like resell, figure it out, all of that. So I felt really, confident when I made that transition. Is that the transition you're talking about? Absolutely. Cause I know yeah. most coaches come in, they either are currently working a nine to five and they're trying to make that simple. And again, it's not a simple transition, but you know, the, the transition to full-time coaching or they've went to somebody and someone's convinced them that you just, you got to burn the boats and you need to just, you know, jump all into the, like the Tony Robbins thing, right? Like you just, yeah. if you're not all in, you don't have like, don't make a plan B and C cause then you're not going to be all in. It's like, well, I don't know if that's exactly the right, the right mindset yeah, I, to, to go in. I think there's like, there definitely is some truth to that. I think it kind of depends what type of person you are, but there is a book called, it's not the obstacle is the way it's outli not outliers. I'm going to have to find it, but 
pretty much it said like a lot of successful people actually don't burn it because they don't want to operate from the place of like, of, oh, I need, I need to get money. I need to get clients now. But at the same time, I will say that once I quit my corporate job, I it turned a switch like inside of me that like lit a fire under me. And then the next launch, I had my biggest launch yet because I was just like, this is, I'm all in, I'm making this work. I'm making this be, you know, everything I want it to be. Do you think that was like, just because you were all in at that point or were like you giving more attention to it? Were you promoting more? Were, were there other things that kind of led to that moment? I'm sure a combination of all of it. I'm sure it started with my like thought of being all in. And then that just trickled down to how I, like even how you speak about yourself, right? Like you some You speak to probably some people that are like, oh, I'm a pharmacist, right? But I, I also like, I coach a little people, some people like on the side, right? And it, that's not like, that isn't the same like attraction for a client as like, oh, I'm a coach for X people that I do, I do X, we work on getting X result. Like you've got to be there. Like, it's just a totally different energy. And so I know how I was speaking changed. And then of course I had more time. So then not only was that happening, but then the content and information I was putting out was just a reflection of that too. When it, when it comes to your actual marketing for, for these launches or, or just in general, is everything done like methodically? Like, do you map out an actual marketing plan when it comes to, cause you said you love social or is, is it more just organic and you just, you're in the moment and you create something and then you post it up? So yes, I definitely have everything mapped out and I have it done ahead of time. And I have an assistant now, which is fantastic. So she can schedule everything. She can click all the buttons in the active campaign email marketing, (laughs) but that wasn't always the case, right? I started off really scrappy and I would just, you know, wake up and be like, okay, I'm launching today and do it really organically, but or not organically really like off the cuff, but that I didn't love how that felt. And I think click clients and people watching can can feel that, right? You can still get clients doing that, right? But as I've gotten more, like figured it out, gotten more, I'd say like professional about it, then I the people who I attract are just more professional, more serious. So yes, I have a, a like thought process where I go through and map out. A lot of times I'm keeping my same structure, right? So it's not like every launch, I'm like trying something crazy different. I'm keeping my same like structure. I may just fine tune it and add something. So the first thing that I do is go like list out, okay, when is like, when am I like opening the launch? When am I closing the launch? Like, let's just get like the who, what, where, when, and how like dates and everything like secure. Okay, like how many people am I am I enrolling? Right, what is my goal? What like when's the start date? Like all of that mapped out, and then I'm like, okay, what are the things that they need to hear and they need to know? Well, they need to know what the results that we're creating, right, in the program. They need to know who this is for. They need to know um, like my main approaches that I use. Like what what are they going to be doing? They need to know. I also have to sell them, right? Like what are their pain points? right now? What's going to get them to the after, right? Where do they want to be? And how can I, I, I articulate that? So I kind of go through those and then create content based on that. And typically I use emails, podcasts, um, 
social content, whether it's stories and reels and in post. Is social your main channel for, for lead generation or is it, you know, referrals uh, or podcasts, shares, things along those lines? Yeah, I would say it is 25% renewals. So clients should just continue on 25% referrals from my clients or other people that are familiar with my work. And then 25% kind of like people who see my stuff online and on Instagram, but may know a, whether it's a friend of a friend or even like a internet friend of a, you know, and they follow them. And so there's like a, another additional layer of trust there. And then I would say the final 25% is what I'd classify as like strangers on the internet, right? That, oh, I found you, you know, my explore play page a couple of years ago, or, you know, you were, someone said like, oh, you were like reshared on this meal comp, meal prep company that I saw a couple of years ago. Right. So just like things like that. So that, that would be like the breakdown. How strange is social media that, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, yeah, I, I love it, but I also think too, that there's so many different ways to market that yeah. I'm curious about that too. It, it's just interesting. Uh, I don't know uh, if your inbox gets hit with these, but spammers aside, we'll, we'll throw all that stuff aside, but yeah, just the random people that are like, oh yeah, I, I saw this and you're mentioned here or shared by this person. And I, I just thought I, I really resonated with your message. It's so weird, right? Cause I love it probably for similar reasons that you do just as far as like forward facing message and you can connect with people and like, where else in the world could you talk to people like you? Like, I, how would I ever in my life find you or Straker or, you know, uh, Jason Theobald or, you know, a, you know, Elaine Norton or somebody like that. Right. And then actually be able to interact with those types of people uh, unless it was email or, you know, the old bodybuilding uh, message boards back in the day, right? Yeah, it's so cool. And too, especially as you like get more and more into the entrepreneur world or the fitness world, like like a lot of your friends, right, may not be into either of that, right? So you don't have those connections there. But I've made so many friends from just connections online. Like last time when we were in Bali, some somebody reached out to us and they're like, hey, who, who we just met online was like, Hey, my friend who they hadn't met in person either. They just met online is going to be in Bali. You guys have to meet up. So then I got to Bali and then I hung out with her every day when we were there. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, in which I don't know if I know we talked about this off air. You guys are getting ready to move back for a full year. Yeah. Talk to me about the stress level of traveling and running a business. Like, is that stressful at all for you guys? Or is that just a choice you made? And you're like, I love it. There's no difference. What, what is that like to be an entrepreneur legit on the road? Like, cause everyone likes to think they like to live that laptop life until like the third weekend you're traveling and you're in a motel again. You're like, I just want to be in my own bed. Yeah. So I will say that we don't, I don't like classify us as like the laptop lifestyle because we've always done it where we travel, but we'll go and set up somewhere and we'll find the gym, find where we're working. We'll find our like daily routine and we'll be there for like four to six months before we change again. So the real pain points are the first week, right? Cause you don't know where anything is. You're not working as much. You're like trying to figure everything out. And then 
there are like things that come up while you're there that maybe like issues and you don't know the language or things like that. But outside of that, um, I find we like very much aren't like just hopping around and like hoping the internet works at a cafe. Like we set up our flow and like we're, we're working. Is, is there anything with like the, the time difference that you find challenging because like now you're on the other side of the world versus like, you know, going, you know, Virginia to California, right. That's a little time, but you're on the other side of the world now. How does that correlate to check-ins with your clients? Yeah. So it kind of works out for, for me because a lot of my clients, like they're working. Right. And so our calls are on later, like Monday night, which is then Tuesday morning in Bali. So I find that it works out okay, because if we need to do a calls or if I do podcast or anything, it may be my morning, but their night or vice versa. And so it kind of works out fine, but there are still, you know, some issues where 12 PM might be a great time for a call, but that's 12 AM for me. Right. So it's not perfect, but I find it to be definitely doable for like the way our businesses are set up. How, how has being an entrepreneur with another entrepreneur, how, how has that affected your own relationship? Has that been like good because you both can do what you want and travel the world together? Um, because it sounds like from what you shared earlier, like you were the first one to be like, Hey, I, I, I'm leaving this corporate thing and I'm going to do this other thing. Was that like a conversation that you guys had together about? Cause then he followed being a coach as well. Um, was that like a conversation you guys had together or how has that evolved? Cause it's hard being an entrepreneur. It's lonely a lot, a lot. It's very stressful a lot. And now you guys decide to do that together. Yeah. I am so glad he is an entrepreneur and I'm so glad that it's in the same industry too, because I I could imagine like how lonely that would be and how you wouldn't be able to relate, but then also we wouldn't be able to live this lifestyle that we're living. So I feel super fortunate and we did have the conversation, but I think something that we liked about each other is we always want like a bigger, grander, different life. And so when this was something I want to do, like he was fully supportive, like, let's go. But we've also both been like very independent where this is what I'm doing. I'm taking like all the risk on for me. Like you don't need to worry about having to support me, right? Like I've got me, he's got him, but of course we would support each other, but it's, but we just don't think that way that, and we're also kind of competitive with, with each other. Like Every year we're like, where are you at? Where, you know, where are you at? Like, oh, I'm crushing you, right? Like we're <laughs> definitely competitive with each other. So it's like kind of fun too. But also we're very opposite, right? Like I'm definitely way more extroverted and I love the business side. I love the financials. I love the marketing. And he's the opposite, right? Where he will spend hours deep diving into like a specific, like scientific study that might impact one client that he doesn't even have yet. Right. That's like in a couple of years. Um, and so he's way more like tunnel vision and deep diving where I'm a little bit more like bigger picture. 
But I think that's beneficial, right? Because then we balance each other out. If we need advice or we talk through different things, it can also cause headbutting a lot. Because I'm very like, I'm doing it this way. I think this. And he is very like, I'm doing it this way. I think this. And so there's pros and cons there. It's going to be interesting when we have kids. We're both going to have to learn some like <laughs> team teamwork and some patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to have, maybe you're going to bring back CrossFit and do some like team workouts and just yes. build that rapport. Right. <laughs> Where I've done different competitions before. And he's like, I'm so glad you're not on my team. Right. Cause we just would <laughs> like, we just would not work well together. So pros and cons. Do you think that sometimes goes back to because you know, knowing you both, well, I mean, I, obviously we just met, but it, you both seem to just really rely on systems and structure, whereas not every entrepreneur is like that. I, I'm not like that. Mostly I, I just do things and I, I know the things I need to do and I make folders and I have a calendar and I, I, I do that. And then I do other things is, is, is your guys' success related to those systems and, and the structure that you guys provide to allow you to do these other things? Yeah, I think we're both very type A in we're both very type A. So we have that a lot of like, a lot of like, but also in different ways, I'm not. And then different ways he's not right. Like I've got 80,000 unread emails. Right. And he's like, I would die. <laughs> and so some things I'm like, yeah, that just, that like, I can be sloppy there, but it doesn't matter to me. Like this is more important. Whereas I have like detailed financial forecasts and he's like, oh my gosh, no, that's just like way too much for me. So I think that having like our type A personalities, like we use them to be successful in our businesses in our own way. But I think how we use them is different and he's successful and I'm successful. And so I think it doesn't like you can be successful even if you're not type A. What's what's something, you know, looking back on, on your career that you wish you'd have known before you started or maybe before you made that leap? Um, whether that's, you know, personal or business wise or coaching wise, like what's, what's something that you wish you would have kind of known before you went down this rabbit hole? Oh, good question. There are so many. I would think the biggest thing is I remember seeing these bigger coaches at the beginning and thinking like, oh, well, they're like gorgeous. You know, of course they are successful or, oh, like they're a genius. Of course they're successful or, oh, they like got that brand deal. So like, that, of course they're going to have like the audience. Right. And, or like, they're super good at sales, right. Whatever it may be. And thinking I was like different from that, or that that was the reason that they were successful, but none of that matters like the only thing that matters is that you are like persistent as hell right and you just keep going and everything is figure outable like everything is figure outable i didn't know how to set up you know payment processor okay like got a client got to figure it out right i didn't know how to get clients all right well what could be possibly some ways let's just try this let's try that like my first create your shape program had two people in it they paid $100 per month. It was a six-month program, and they did not show up to one call. 
And now I am <laughs> launching now my 21st round of Create Your Shape. But that was the first round. And I I made the entire, like I made a booklet. I had it print out and mailed to them, right? Like I was ready to go. And I was devastated, right? But I luckily had signed up for coaching, right? A business coach. And she she said like, I was like, oh, I should just give up. I'm like, not going to make it. And she said, okay, well, let me give you an example, right? If you needed to find your mom and it was urgent and you needed to find her, what would you do? And I was like, well, I would just go to her house. And they're like, yeah, she's not there. Now what do you do? I'm like, well, I would call my dad. He doesn't answer. Then what? Okay. Well then I go to the places that she normally goes to. I'm like, yep, she's not there. Okay. I like track her car down. Right. And then what? Right. And it's like that analogy really stuck with me because it's like, okay, then what do you do? Then what do you do? Then what do you do? Like, you just have to be persistent to figure it out. And so they didn't show up to any single call. And I was like, okay, I'm still showing up, right? Like they're paying, I'm going to deliver this. They're going to get the recording. For all I knew, they, they weren't responding to anything. So they, I thought they weren't watching it, but I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to like make this valuable for them and for me too. So I was like, oh, as I was delivering the program that I put together beforehand, um, <laughs> that I was like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Oh, they don't want to learn that. They don't need to know this, right? And so I get better and better and better. I was presenting every week, right? So I get better at presenting. So each week I was like, oh, I didn't say um as much, right? Like, oh, it's a little more articulate there. And by the end of it, I was, I had such a better idea of what needed to be created that I like redid the program, how I was selling it, right? But I got an email from, and this is at the time I was coaching guys too. And he emailed me and he was like, I cannot thank you enough for this program. It has completely changed my life. It's completely like all of this stuff. And I was like, what? I didn't even know <laughs> you were still on this planet. <laughs> um, so that was just like icing on the cake. And so it was terrible at first, right? And so there's so many times that I, I was in that position where I felt awful. It's not working. I'm failing, but that's kind of part of the process, right? And then you just have to be persistent as hell to figure it out because it's all figure outable. I love that. It's so relatable too, because, you know, if you get into uh, mental models or anything like that, or business coaching, you know, it's always like, you know, do your MVP, your minimum viable product, right? And just, just launch, launch and figure out some things, tweak and make better. <laughs> I can so relate to launching things and nobody shows up just your first iterations. But I, I love, I love how you're saying just be persistent. Cause I think a lot of us forget like being coaches. Yeah. It, if you're doing this because you're passionate about yourself and now you want to help instill that into others for sure. But you, you know, I always do the, I didn't go from eating McDonald's to organic ground Turkey overnight. There were steps in between and there were a lot of, you know, lean cuisines <laughs> in between that step. And I, I think you're, you're so right. And that's insane that you're on your 21st iteration, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Super exciting. And it looks totally different. How I sell it's totally different. Right. But I'm so like, now I can look back and be like, oh, because I failed there, it like forced me to figure it out. And then I figured something new out. Right. But I know I can sound joyous about it now, but in the moment I did not feel joyous. <laughs> when, when you need like a, a stress outlet, do you, with being type A, 
do you ever get like just completely overwhelmed and you're just like, I need a minute, you know, you just like stiff arm air and, and just like walk out, walk out the door. Um, or are you pretty good at managing your stress and knowing, you know, your triggers? Yeah. Good question. I would say I'm definitely type a, but I feel like if there's a range, right. I am not on like the extreme side, right? Like I can have 80,000 unread emails and it like, like, doesn't trust me out. Right. And so I would say that there is a point where sometimes and I know my ladies experience this too, because I coach a lot of type A ladies where they want to be so on top of it. And so like calendar and like just everything's precision and, and precise that it's almost like you, there's only so much that, that you can do that you reach your max. And then it's like, okay, I need to like step away. I need to like, remember, like zoom out. And so I love social events. I love stepping away from my business. I like going on like weekend vacation trips. I love going on like adventures. I love, you know, having conversations about different things with different people. And I think that is something that helps me, like propels me forward. Aaron, not so much. He's like the opposite, but that for me, like helps me just relax, zoom out, like remember more that there's like things that are bigger to life than this tiny little detail that I'm stressing about. Uh, before we wrap up, I always have to ask this question. I love it. It's my favorite question. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a playoff of Tim Ferriss and the billboard. If you had a bumper sticker, what would your bumper sticker say? Because I didn't have any time to prepare. <laughs> I'm on gonna... the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this really, I feel like, goes off the last question is never take life too seriously. No one comes out alive. And I think that that helps me when I'm getting like all perfectionist or like, you know, because this has to be, this has to be done right to kind of like step back and remember that because like, business should be fun right? Like your life should be fun. What you're doing should be fun. Like if it's not fun, why are you doing it? And I think we can get caught up in anything. So might as well make it enjoyable, make it fun, um, like laugh a little. And I find too, like clients enjoy that, that you're like a normal human being that like can make jokes and be silly and have errors and mess up and, and all of that. So that would be it. You're so right. Like nobody wants to jump on a phone call. And if you're a coach, be like, okay, talk to me about your uh, macros. Why did you not hit these macros? Why did, right? Like nobody wants to talk to a robot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Awesome. Uh, Jenny, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Well, where can people find you? Uh, is Instagram the best channel? Uh, is there something else or if they want to be, I know you're getting ready to launch a program actually. So if someone by chance were listening, I, I don't think this will be out before your next cohort launches, but, uh, is there another cohort coming soon? Yeah. So create your shape launches about four times per year. And so the next group is starting January of 2023. And the group after that will start in March. But if you go to my website or Instagram, so my Instagram is Jenny, the nutritionist, and my website is Jenny, the nutritionist.com slash create dash your dash shape. You can learn 
more about what I'm all about, who I am, how the program operates, when to sign up and how to sign up. And then I also have a podcast called Create Your Shape with Jenny, the nutritionist. So keeping it streamlined there with the same name. And you can find me on any of those. Branding. Branding 101 right there, guys. And yeah, if you are a coach, I'd highly suggest going and following her and checking out like how she does social, her landing pages, her links, like it's very good. And if you're kind of trying to figure those nuances out, definitely learn from one of the best, which is Jenny. Yeah. And I always answer all my DMs for questions, whether nutrition related or business coaching related. So happy to help where I can too. Awesome. Thanks guys for joining us today. We'll catch you next time. Thank you, Cam. Thanks for earning experience points with us today on Run the Block, part of the Cam Explains Immersion channel. If you actually want to work with me or my team at No Clouds Media, connect with me on Instagram at cam.explains. There you'll find even more helpful content tips, growth strategies, our latest downloads, or if nothing else, I can guarantee you'll get a good laugh of myself or our pup Oliver throughout the day. Just hit me up at cam.explains. Bonus, if you are following me on Instagram, you also get first dibs on limited spots for the community we're building inside of our network where we will have tons of free resources, overtime sessions, networking events, special guests, and much more planned as we grow. So be sure to follow along at camp.explains, and we will see you for your next session of Run the Block to earn even more experience points. Hope this helps. And remember, kindness. Pass it on. Bye for now.